Innate Power to Move, Episode 27. Welcome to the My Energy 2050 podcast, where we speak to the people building a clean energy system by 2050. This week, I'm providing a bit of commentary on our desire for travel and movement. This seems opportune based on our summer season and how many of us may be heading off for vacation or holiday. Right now, I'm in Michigan, and I'm just about to head back to Hungary. As I outline in the podcast, this ability to move and to move during a pandemic prompts me to think about our innate feelings to move, but also the broader political and historical context of movement using different transport modes. The point of this episode is just to provide you with a bit of thought to reflect on how you are spending your summer and how you may or may not be traveling. My personal situation means I'm caught between two continents with my immediate family on both sides of the Atlantic, and I acknowledge the privilege I have in the travels that I do. In this episode, I have found someone that beats me down, though, hands down in their carbon footprint. This is actually Joe Biden who beats me hands down by traveling with a black, two Blackhawk helicopters and three Osprey planes as a security detail on his visit to Michigan. And here's the noise of those helicopters and planes are recorded while sitting at the beach. The intent of the My Energy 2050 podcast is to spread the knowledge about how the energy system can assist our transition towards a greater future. And now for this week's episode. The Innate Power to Move. This week, I'm just going to provide a bit of commentary now on our ability to move and to move fast and what this means for both governance and in our personal lives. What prompted my thinking on this was President Biden coming to Traverse City, where I'm currently at in in Michigan, and seeing his entourage of helicopters and planes, just as few hours he spent in the state. And then I started to think about our carbon footprints that each of us have, uh, my own personal one, and bringing my two children to Michigan. How does that affect our lives? How does that affect both governance? I mean, what did it mean to Biden for Biden to just to come to Michigan for a few hours and use all that technology, fuel, the power of the government? And how does that contrast with me sitting on the beach watching these planes fly over? And whenever I start to think about how transport is organized and the equity and inequity of travel... I bring in Ivan Illich. Uh, he published this book in 1974, and it's wide-ranging, but really at the heart of it, um, what was the original takeaway for me was the power of the bicycle, really. And how I frame this is in a slide. Um, I have some PowerPoints with some key points on it, and the slide is the speed of our lives. Here, Ivan Illich uh, begins to talk about why a bicycle is actually really cool. It's non-motorized. And then this kind of constrains how far one person can travel in a day. But let me start off with, with the quote, A true choice among political systems and of desirable social relations is possible only where speed is restrained. Participatory democracy demands low energy technology 
and free people must travel the road to productive social relations at the speed of a bicycle. Now, me having toured a lot uh, in Europe and in, and in America by bicycle, I, I really I like this quote. But nonetheless, of course, my own personal life uh, contrasts a lot with that in moving between continents. But with Biden coming to visit, I was sitting on the beach with my children, and, and I saw the day before kind of the practice run of, of two Black Hawk helicopters and Osprey planes, three Osprey planes flying over. And that prompted me to think about the modes of transportation used by both politicians and ourselves. It was really interesting. And at the same time, this is just the day after, we could see that Richard Branson launched off into outer space, right? So for a few hundred thousand dollars, apparently around $250,000, space tourism is now possible. And think about that, all that money being spent for the experience to go into outer space. And not only the money, but of course the, the fuel and the impact that has on our planet. And I think this goes to some deeper ideas I have about travel and certainly my own personal situation. This innate ability and importance of move me, moving. And just that society is, I don't say meant to move, but we have this desire to move. And I think the pandemic, this lockdown that we've had for about a year and a half now, has really brought home the importance of travel and experience and why we do it, but also kind of the idea that things and in the future we are going to continue to move, but also the, the benefits of us kind of sitting in place and experiencing our friends and family close to us without the idea that we got to run off and continually move around. So in my idea, my framing today is that society is built to move, but the question is, what are we losing? What are we gaining? And I would say in, in the terms of politicians and their ability to move is, yes, they can make these connections. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt led the way in the United States when the, when the, rail travel was expanding and going across the United States. Uh, this is well documented in, in different books. And really, he connected with the voters by going to different locations and essentially driving through with the train and connecting with them, giving quick speeches. And, and President Biden's visit to Michigan, in my, in my view, uh, was simply that, although he didn't really answer questions from, from people in Michigan and Personally, I'm a bit offended. <laughs> he just came in, had some cherries and ice cream, and then left. And, you know, where where's the governance? Where's the political engagement there when someone has the ability to fly in, fly out, and do the photo op? So it looks like they're there, but they're not really engaged in the place where they are. And maybe that connects back to how we ourselves, and I guess you and me who are listening to this are somewhat privileged, and how we travel around and how we engage in the spaces we engage with, right? The idea for me always has been to connect with people and to learn from those uh, visits. And I think that's where our innate feeling for travel comes from, actually, is wanting to experience places and to meet people. And I think this is actually quite healthy for society because we get to see the differences between places and the differences and similarities between people. And from 
doing a lot of travels around the world, I would say it's much more the ability to see the similarities between people and our common goals and our common desires in the context, we could say, of this podcast of a clean planet, clean environment. This is what people want. But what did the COVID-19 pandemic teach us about staying in place and not traveling? And I think maybe um, looking out rather than looking in can provide some context for this. I know living in Budapest, it was devoid of tourists, right? Like everyone, not everyone, but it felt like everyone disappeared. And certainly people living in the city and other Hungarians visiting Budapest were not there. But you could just see the empty sidewalks. Everyone was gone, right? And even now today... The tourists are not have not returned to the city. And it's really nice, right? It gives the local people space to walk around. Uh, we can re-engage in the city again. And it's really nice not to have mass tourism and huge amounts, an overflow of people into the city. And maybe this is similar to, to where you're at. But then I can also contrast the, the difference between a European capital city like Budapest to more of a rural city like what Traverse City is kind of it's a tourist destination similar to Budapest but but in a different context here the water is what people like to come and see but I could just see this even uh, for, for the 4th of July fireworks took my kids to see the fireworks and at the beach and everyone was kind of calm there wasn't an overflow of people there was a lot of people but but not a huge amount of people and everyone enjoyed the fireworks and everyone of course went home but but it wasn't so crazy so manic like it has in the past when a lot more people were there and of course people are staying home but certainly a lot less tourists in town and and it kind of makes the ability to engage with other people a bit nicer i think and just how I've experienced both places, is a slowing down. Now we have a time for friends and for family, and we get to explore our own spaces and enjoy these spaces without so many crowds in the spaces. We have this kind of contrast between travel, we have this desire for travel and need for travel, and experiences, as as the uh, Richard Branson's initiative to take people in outer space shows, right? People want to go, but at the same time, by staying in place or just by slowing down in the spaces that we are, we get to experience things in a new way. And I would say even make greater connections, which are really important. So we get back to Elach again, because for him, this is a quote, he goes, once some public utility and public utility mainly means in this context public transport, went faster than 15 miles per hour, equity declined, and the scarcity of both time and space increased. So what does this mean? This means that speed and the reach of the political class and elite are there. I would, not that I'm the rich elite, but that, you know, we are privileged, I would say, in the Western world to be able to travel we have our budget airline. So whatever your budget is, you're able to get places. We still have this ability to move and we have this desire to move, to go places, to see people. But at the same time, we really have to begin to question how we do this because now we're going to outer space as space tourists. Like there's no limit, right? Even though we have this 
complete contrast, I would say, with going to outer space. The the inertia for experience that is innate for humans and our current COVID-19 era, right? Where we need to stay close, stay close to home, stay local and interact with a smaller group of people. And what I can see then is that we can savor space travel, right? But we also have to savor these social connections. And it really does come down to how do we consume and how do we travel and how to do this in a sustainable manner. I mean, to get back to the point of the podcast is how do we travel in a sustainable manner? And in one sense, I think we're completely not there. And if we think about the history of of transportation from horses to rail to airplanes and now to space travel, when has our energy consumption really decreased, right, through these modes of transportation? And I think this is why the transportation sector is emerging as the toughest place to reduce carbon emissions, because we do, uh, the technology is there, the technology and the opportunity to develop it further, to go faster, is being promoted. But at the same time, we need to balance that out with the idea that... (laughs) Travel is killing the planet. So how do we, and where do we end up here? The equity of travel. Elage was concerned with the inequity that travel and speed delivered. Certainly politicians traveling in and out by jet with helicopters and the military don't give too much time for us to interact. But maybe in the past, Roman rulers and whoever else, right? Who was actually ever interacting with people? But I think the the pleasure of travel and the point of travel is the humanity that it does bring. So if someone does come to your region, whether it's a politician or a tourist, right, we always want to show them what the local thing is and to get across maybe our concerns and our views of the world so they can take those away. And so I only have questions which can only be answered later. I'm going to conclude here. Because we have this, the uh, capability to travel at amazing speeds and over amazing distances. We have motorized transport that's combined with modern communications, which shrink time and space. But nonetheless, and this is maybe what's the benefit of COVID in reminding us, is that time is finite. We hate being locked in. We hate reducing our travel. But at the same time, we, I think, become more aware of time. In a sense, it's slowed down and maybe many people have become bored. But we've had to adapt, we've had to adjust, and emotionally that's been really difficult for many of us. But at the same time, maybe our neighbors have seen us more and we've engaged with them even more. To shift this a bit, we can see that the biggest impact on the energy system is not using energy, right? So think of all the gas money we've saved, all the train travel we have not done, the airline miles we have not accumulated. In a sense, this gets to the megawatt idea, and it's just by not using energy, we're actually saving energy. And the second round of that is that energy efficiency, designing more efficient technologies can actually reduce our footprint even more. I just have to say I'm a bit skeptical on on our current trajectory for reducing our carbon footprint, both in airline travel and 
other through other technologies because we have this desire to move. And I think by acknowledging that, maybe that's the contribution of the podcast, is just acknowledging our innate ability and desire to move, right? Maybe overnight train travel is coming back in fashion in Europe. Go from go from Vienna to Berlin or Vienna, I think Brussels overnight and sleeping. I've done that in the past. Budapest to Berlin overnight. It's fantastic. Those are the experiences. And in one sense, we're slowing our time down. We don't need to get places so fast. I'm not saying we should take boats across the Atlantic again, although that would be fun. But what is it about slowing down our desire or slowing down our travel that can also match our desires? So the idea going forward, and I guess my one just takeaway here, is how do we build a sustainable transport system that is carbon neutral, affordable, and does at the same time prompt greater community engagement? I have no answers to this. Maybe I would need a lot more time. But maybe just think about this in your summer travels. Savoring our travels is a way to save the planet. And this is maybe the one takeaway from this rambling podcast is don't be like Joe Biden. Do not travel with two Black Hawk helicopters and three Osprey fighter planes, but rather go slow by whatever mode of transportation you take and enjoy your experience and interact safely with as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We produce the My Energy 2050 podcast to learn about cutting-edge research and the people building our clean energy system. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please share it. The more we spread our message of the ease of an energy transition, the faster we can make the transition. You can follow us on LinkedIn, where we are the most active on the My Energy 2050 page, or on Twitter and Facebook. I'm your host, Michael LaBelle. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.